there, and welcome to this edition of Radio Hurrah from the Hermetic Heretic. Mm. It's another one of those cases in which mm, the recording time for the episode has been chosen by the vehicle. I was in the middle of watching an episode of a rather interesting series online <clears throat> when the awareness that it was time turned into an action to record what would emerge at this time. And what's interesting about this emergence that is bubbling up is that it feels connected to certain awarenesses that have been brimming in me, that have been mm, percolating, that have been maturing in my understanding around the true challenge of the experiment of living as a nine-centered being. There is an old Buddhist expression, what is the sound of one hand clapping? And much as I can't claim to have reflected on that saying for any length of time, I find myself having a recognition of the truth of our interaction as beings on this plane. which is that, essentially, we all need a witness in order for us to be. None of us exists in the Maya until we are in interaction with something, someone else in the Maya. Until or unless there is some kind of interaction between one's self and the other, whatever that other might be, 
the self has no idea in the purest sense that the self is separate from anything else or that the self in that sense even exists. In similar fashion, awareness that does not interact with other awareness is sterile. Awareness that does not interact with other awareness can even be said to be an illusion of awareness on some level because one is only aware relative to the other. To be nine-centered. Mm. What a beautiful form to be in for the benefit of anyone who does not have this particular background knowledge without turning it into a lesson in human design, which is not my aim to be giving. There have been many views of the world, what the world is, how the world holds together, that have held for thousands of years. Our contemporary view of the world includes an understanding of the universe's beginnings in what is referred to as the Big Bang. And subsequent to that, of an ongoing expression of life in consciousness, in form that has been going on for as long as there was a reaction or response to the event called the Big Bang. And this response, reaction, outcome of the Big Bang is what in general terms is referred to as the evolutionary process in its myriad forms. One of the more popular forms 
was expressed through the writings of Charles Darwin and has shaped modern man's understanding of the origin of life. And yet, one of the things that Darwin's theory of evolution has not factored in has been the ongoing movement of the development of consciousness itself. Yes, there are plenty of processes seen at work in our lives today that express the how potentially of physical evolution of our bodies becoming differentiated through mutation from the body before it. And yet one thing that's not discussed as often or in any depth, in any real way, and one of the reasons that people who are proponents of the evolutionary concept of the origin of the cosmos are at pains to explain is why If evolution truly is a thing, it has stopped why it has ceased, apparently. And then with that comes the additional challenge of hmm, consciousness itself. As one sees the quite obvious increase in knowledge available increase in the quality of knowledge available to the average human being today one gets the sense of a somewhat obvious evolutionary process that seems to be reflected in the way that the consciousness of mankind is functioning. In these bodies that one could argue have not changed if some people will have us believe their estimates in at least 90,000 years from the time of the dropping of the larynx in the being that in the evolutionary chain would turn into the precursor of modern man. 
Now, of course, one of the things that arises uh, naturally, one question that I would not be surprised at the popping up of in anyone's awareness right now is what would this have to do with anything that we are discussing in this space? And hmm, this particular podcast. And if you allow me, over the next few minutes, I'll share with you what the link is and why it's important for us to consider all this background. According to the Hindu Brahmins and the Hindu chakra system, human beings were said to have seven chakras or seven hubs of energy that also correlated to seven centers of intelligence through which the life force moves and therefore and by that animates the human being these seven chakras have been known to mankind from the time that they were first brought to man's awareness and have been understood to be the basis of the differentiation between human beings and other creatures on this plane that humanizes, that civilizes, that uplifts, and that upholds the values of humanity and what it means to be human as held together mechanically in form. Now, the seven-centered system is one that was the operating paradigm for the longest time. Now, what's curious about it is it was based on an old cosmology. that expressed in the revelation of these seven centers. What's curious about these seven centers is that the seven centers were clearly the thing that differentiated man from his predecessor species. And we're talking about Homo sapiens sapiens from his predecessor forerunning species. Because the forerunner species is said to be five-centered in the same way that mammals are said to be five-centered.
According to human design cosmology, a shift took place in 1781 as a part of the continuing evolution of the species into what comes next. And this change that took place in 1781 was the hmm, reconfiguration of the energy systems within the vehicle of Homo sapiens sapiens from seven to nine. The nine centers becoming the basis of a new way of processing what the Chinese would call qi. This life force that the chakra system allowed for a rudimentary understanding of the movement and the processing of within the vehicle of the human being. According to human design cosmology, this change in 1781 meant that the way in which information and consciousness are being processed in the human vehicle changed, was enhanced, was upgraded in order to allow for higher forms of consciousness processing, in order to allow for higher levels of cognitive expression, in order to allow for these vehicles to become vehicles through which higher levels of consciousness could process information in order to be able to fulfill the potential, the evolutionary potential of mankind on this plane. And so to go back to the brief discussion on Darwin, that we passed through earlier on, albeit really briefly. Understanding that man moved on from being seven-centered to being nine-centered, provides a cosmological answer to the question, did man stop evolving by providing us with a framework to understand that obviously man did not cease to evolve. One just needs to know where to look for the evolution. One needs to know 
what they're looking for if they are to see what has happened within the human being. There has been talk for decades now about what are referred to as indigo children, this expected evolutionary leap within the human form <clears throat> that has been expected to truly be settled into in this generation. And it's interesting that when people talk about these indigo children and they describe their traits, they've been called all kinds of things by different individuals. But what's interesting is that their arrival coincides with this mutation that has taken hold since 1781, but that finally only crosses over into full genetic expression in the year 2027. In other words, from 1781, when this shift took place, that was coincidental with Herschel's discovery of Uranus. Since that time, every being incarnating into a human body has been born into a body that has these nine centers. These nine centers through which the consciousness field is being filtered, that's represented in our body graphs. And yet even with this incarnation into these bodies, into these vehicles, there is a general ignorance of the fact that human beings today are inhabiting nine-centered vehicles as people continue trying to live their lives as though they are their ancestors, their seven-centered ancestors. As a result of which there is a horrendous dissonance within most people based on a basic sense of self or lack thereof, based on a basic understanding of who and what they are or lack thereof, based on a clarity of sight around 
what they have incarnated here to be, or lack thereof. And what this has led to is a situation where lots of people are struggling with issues of identity, with issues such as gender dysphoria being a major thing in our time, issues that are connected not to a psychological deficiency, but to a dissonance within the vehicle itself as people fail to recognize that they are not their ancestors and that they are in a new vehicle that requires a new way of processing consciousness if it is to be successfully lived in. In other words, one cannot successfully and congruently live a life on this plane in our time believing themselves to be a seven-centered being because the nine-centered architecture of the vehicle has settled and is just waiting a couple more years before it starts being inhabited by the rave. So that the only way that you can live a fulfilled and meaningful, purposeful existence in this vehicle is when you come to terms with what this vehicle is, that this vehicle is not the seven-centered system of yester era, but is a new vehicle that requires that it be hmm, grasped, that it's difference from the older form be clearly perceived and that the vehicle be treated in a way that allows for consciousness at its highest potential to flow through it. Hmm. And so we find ourselves in a time when there is a great opportunity for the full living out of this vehicle's potential, not only in terms of longevity of the vehicle itself, but also in terms of the nature, the kind of consciousness that gets processed through it. And this for us means a new way of seeing what this vehicle is. And this is where the body graph of the human design system becomes a critical and important tool 
permitting us to look under the hood of every nine-centered vehicle to be able to get a sense of what this vehicle's incarnative imprint is and consequently and subsequently how potentially this vehicle could be inhabited with awareness so that purpose can be achieved, whatever purpose may mean or may be for the individual. And I know that for many who have studied human design, all that I've been speaking about may seem rather rudimentary. And one would wonder about the significance of having spent all this time talking about this. But you've got to recognize something. And that is that the whole point of this podcast is to share in a living process of experimentation with the human design system that is predicated on this fundamental difference between a being living as themselves in this time and a being that would have been living as itself just a few hundred years ago. And that the nine-centered being is different from the seven-centered being, is here for a different purpose and is here with different potentials. And that if we are seeking to be the recipients of some strategic advantage to living as ourselves, to being ourselves, if we are seeking to find ourselves in a position where somehow this knowledge advantages us and somehow gives us a leg up, somehow allows us to differentiate ourselves from everyone else so that we can in having an advantage, be able to have certain things, have certain material advantages, then we will be really and truly missing the point. We are a different creature. We are a different being. The entire essence of this experiment with the human design system is to experience in one's being this difference, this difference of vehicle. this difference of consciousness as it's being processed in the vehicle, the difference of 
the kind of life and the quality of life that it is possible to experience in these vehicles. The whole essence of our being in this place, this space that is the podcast, is to share what it means to be an awakening, burgeoning consciousness inhabiting a nine-centered vehicle what it means to be awakening from now to now, from moment to moment, to a completely different way of being from the way that we were taught we were meant to be, or we were trained into being, as children. To move us into a space where, as we're talking about these different concepts, it is understood that unless you are approaching this as a being that is aware of there being a difference between being seven-centered and nine-centered, and unless you're approaching it as a being that recognizes that in being nine-centered there is a difference in the way that you operate down to your core, and that there is a difference in the way that you process awareness and you process information, unless you are cognizant of this, you will find yourself continuing to try to perpetuate seven-centered being in a nine-centered vehicle and you'll continue to find yourself being dissonant in key aspects of your life, including the most basic of them all, the purpose of life, the purpose of living. Because really and truly you are here to be yourself. The purpose is you. But the purpose is not you if you're holding on to seven-centered concepts of what life is because seven-centered concepts of what life is mean that you ought to be measuring yourself by some strategic goal achieved, whether it's having made the most money or having married the perfect spouse or having this or having that, all kinds of external measures that have nothing to do with the being itself. But when you're nine-centered, the reason you're here is to differentiate. The reason you're here is to truly be you. And people feel this instinctively within them. That is why there are all these people that are crying for their right to express themselves as themselves, regardless of what that self might be and how it may differ from what everyone else says it might be. And the collective rides that wave and steps in and tries to facilitate a world in which a person's self-definition becomes something that gets respected because that is felt to be the general spirit of the movement of our time. And yet it is not something that is accomplished by fiat. It's not something that is accomplished by um, decree or by diktat. 
is accomplished in only one way. It is accomplished with the recognition that we are a different being to our core, and that in being this different being, we are here to differentiate, and that is why there is this deep desire within individuals to differentiate, but they continue to try to differentiate within a seven-centered system that will crush them for being different, and that is based on homogenization and homogenized standards, and that is based on the pursuit of life in a fixed form that has a strategic goal in mind. And so there's this itch that lies beneath the skin of the world. The whole world. This knowing that they are here to be differentiated, to be themselves, and yet there is a system, this structure, that says, I will tell you what you are and what you are is you are like everybody else. And so if you don't see this, if you don't recognize this as being the true core, and by this I'm talking about the nine-centered being and the living of a nine-centered life. If you don't recognize these as being the core reason for the dissonance in the world as a whole, and you do not see yourself as the nine-centered being that you truly are, and you continue trying to perpetuate a seven-centered life, hmm. You can imagine the dissonance. Mm. And so this space, this podcast, is all about the nine-centered experience. And so naturally there are things that you will hear that will sound unusual. There are things that you will hear that will sound un. Typical. There are things that you will hear that may sound downright controversial, but we are talking about an experiment here. A dear friend reminded me of the fact that communion is an experiment in the same way that every individual's experience, every, experience, every individual's life being lived in accordance with their strategy and authority is an experiment. If it is your serendipity to live according to your strategy and authority, it is an experiment. And when you come together with another, and you are communicating with another, communing with another in a fashion that is in line with nine centered ideals, the, mo the, the most pertinent of which is everyone is here to differentiate and to truly be themselves. When you are living and expressing that, you are living and expressing an experiment. And so it is my hope that as we continue to share in our time here, you'll recognize that what is emanating from my being as I share this with you is one perspective from one particular outer authority. And that all this is is an invitation for you to see as I see for just a moment. And through your inner authority, to decide to live your experiment 
truly as yourself or not. So that what your nine-centered vehicle is will be known to you. I can't tell you what your nine-centered vehicle is. You can only feel it. You can only know it. I could spend a lot of time trying to explain to you what it's like to be nine-centered. I have no idea how I could ever explain that because it is something that is becoming plainer and clearer by the day as I continue to honor my inner authority and to follow my strategy. I will say this. We are here to live authentic lives as our authentic selves. And you will only know what that is when you have given up on allowing your mind to run your life. When you have accepted the fact that this life is the bodies, this life is your vehicles. And that it is only by following your strategy and authority that the true life of this vehicle, this nine-centered vehicle will be lived and that its true potential as a filter of the consciousness of your personality crystal will be fulfilled. And that's all I can say about it. I look forward to whatever may lie in our path in serendipity for further exploration around the awareness of nine-centeredness. For now, until next time, I bid you adieu.